Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The guys unpack the NFL season by a team. LJ gives a science lesson. Kevin teaches us how to behave in public. And they decide if they would rather deal with rain or let you get mauled by a bear. This week on Just Press Play. How many losing seasons does Tom Brady have to have before you can fire him? Well, he's got to have one. He's about to win the MVP. Yeah. He's just Curry remade with worse hair. Stick on me. It's not an unnecessary roughness. It was a completely necessary roughness. I mean, <laughs> And here we are, another week, another episode of the Just Press Play podcast. And I got the usual suspects. I got Lifford, aka Pops, and LJ with me. Let's talk. I want to wrap up, try to put a bow on the NFL and the Super Bowl. So what do you what do you think? What what's some some thoughts going at now that we're done with the football totally? What's some thoughts, Dad? I'm still on the Malcolm Butler thing, and I did it's look funny. up a little information on him. And uh, uh, let me share this. At least I don't know if it leads to a conspiracy theory thing, but oh, it's I love interesting. it. Let's go. I'm so in. after Super Bowl Forty Nine, he arrived late to the organized team meetings in May Forty Nine. That would have been where he, he made the, the ball against Seattle, where they should have run Marshawn. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um. New England did consider including Butler in the trade that got Brandon Cooks. Yes, he was involved in that for a while. But they wound up trading the 32nd overall pick or their first round pick. Right, right. So I think Butler gets in his mind that he's worth a first round pick. Also, Butler is, as the time they were doing that, he knew he was entering a contract year this year. So that's why they were thinking about it because he's going to get paid. Because maybe like you're saying, Butler thinks of himself pretty highly. I think he got to thinking of himself highly. And the Patriots just traded for 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 Gilmore. Gilmore, who they paid money for. They paid five mm-hmm. years, sixty-five million, thirty-two million in the first two years. You want to know what do you know what Butler's contract is? Oh, oh, Three point nine million a year. Wow. So Gilmore, who they just signed, signed a five year sixty-five million dollar contract. He's sitting there making three point nine million. I'm just saying that. So Butler head. not only is like, man, they're, they're thinking about shopping me. They're they're obviously not looking at making me long term. If they went and paid Gilmore long term, so they already found his replacement. One other thing that I here's the conspiracy thing. So the last time that Butler really set out any time in a regular season game was when New England played New Orleans in Week Two, who they didn't trade him right. to, okay, to get Brandon right. Cooks. Belichick demoted Butler for the game. He did have some plays in the game, but it snapped a 38-game starting streak for wow. Butler. 
against New Orleans, the team they didn't wind up trading him to for Brandon Cooks. I mean, could that have been part of the trade agreement? You won't play Butler against us? I don't think so. But I, don't, I don't know. That's, that is weird. That's weird. Wow. So I don't know. There's something going on there. Butler, I don't think, will be a Patriot well, next year. What's And it's funny. That's the first thing I had written down, too, was what's really interesting to me is that no one knows why Butler was benched for the Super Bowl. They have kept that so close. Because every player in that locker room knows what happened, I would think. Yeah, if it's that he yeah. was late, he missed a curfew or whatever, like they know what it was, what regardless. And he even put out, he put an Instagram picture. I forget what all it said, but he put an Instagram picture talking about how the team and stuff and about his benching a little bit. And like it was liked by almost all the players. Tom Brady Everybody. commented on there was yeah. like, great teammate, love you always, and stuff. So I think there might be a rift between Belichick and the team. And I think Tom's the leader. Of I'm totally on in agreement with you. Because the trainer that Belichick put out that Brady loves. Mm-hmm. And so Belichick, is that him getting back at the team? Like, you know, I'll show you what. I'll just set our best, arguably our best cornerback. For so, the biggest man, game the that it costs you a ring. Well, he's got him, though. I mean, he's he's trying to win. He's trying to protect his legacy. And if he goes to bed knowing that his team doesn't respect him, I think that might be harder for him than not having another so, ring. Don't you think? I can't see Neither Belichick costing himself a ring. I just that I can't see that. I can see him doing almost anything for spite Power? and for the future. Yeah. I mean, I think um, if he's looking at so if he's looking at this situation that we've all heard about where uh, Kraft and Brady said Brady is going to play forever and Belichick might have said, no, Garoppolo is my guy next year. Um, mm-hmm. If if that's happening um, and then they told him, no, you don't get to make those calls. And then he says, see what happens when you make your calls and I don't get to make mine. We lose the Super Bowl. I mean, I could see him doing that so he can have another three, four or five years of having ultimate power there. If I'm the owner in that situation, I'm getting rid of Belichick. If, he, if that's how he pays me back for making a decision that I, as an owner can make, I have the authority to make, I'm yeah. getting a different coach. I mean, I... I I mean, I think you're right. I just, I think I, you can also see, because what's going to happen is if Belichick wants a job after he leaves New England, he's got a job after he leaves New England. And then Mm -hmm. what he's going to try to make happen is he's going to try to make New England fail because he's got connections to every good coach in the NFL. So he can make sure that they don't like anybody that even interviews for the job. I don't think he can actually do that, but he can at least make waves in that sense. And then he can also sit at whatever team picks him up and hopefully succeed. And then he can say, see who made the right decision. See who really was the dynasty. You say he has a connection to every good team, every good coach in the NFL, but really all of his assistants have failed when moving on. They failed as head coaches, but they've all been really good assistants. And also the rest of the NFL is always trying to rat the Patriots out about that's possible a good point. cheating. So I feel like he doesn't have ties. That's a good point. Well, I was, I, let me see if I can pull it up real quick, but uh, the, his coaching staff under the Browns was absolutely insane. Oh my gosh. Um, that, which is yeah. wild. So they weren't successful at the Browns because poor Cleveland Browns are just not but successful. But it's not because they didn't have names. No, because all of those know, guys have gone OCs, on to be. Uh, what I found was I don't see Nick Saban on here, but I know he was a part of the team. I can't remember where. But we've got people like uh, Michael Lombardi, Ozzie Newsome. Um, Both end up being GMs. Uh, Mike McCarthy. Wouldn't Mike McCarthy? I believe so. I don't see his name on this list. But again, I don't see Savings, and I know he was there. 
Um, it was just, there was, there was a ton of uh, coaches that went on to, uh, to do some really successful stuff. And also I wanted to bring up that I was reading the other day and, uh, the Browns at that time had made a trade for a draft pick and I can't remember the exact trade, but they ended up then, uh, leaving Belichick behind and moving to Baltimore and that draft pick became Ray Lewis. Um, and their success was increasing every year under Bill Belichick. So one could argue that even though he didn't have a great time at Baltimore, I mean, at uh, Cleveland, Cleveland, he uh, he definitely came around and looked like he was building something. If you look in the history of what Belichick was able to do with New England and apply that to Cleveland, it looked like he was on that trajectory. Actually. That's a very interesting point, because Ozzie Newsom ended up being the GM of the Ravens and the and whatever mm-hmm. they were building obviously was good. The Ravens have been. Not they haven't been the Patriots per se, but they've been right there with the Steelers every year for the past ten to twelve years as they're competitive and they they might have a shot at a Super Bowl. They're a playoff contender every year. Every year, the Baltimore. That's one thing where everybody talks about how the Browns are history's worst franchise, but in reality, Cleveland is history's worst worst franchise because that franchise moved to Baltimore and succeeded. It has nothing to do with the ownership or it's it's who's located in that city that seems to be. Terrible. And arguably, not to really shoot a shot at old Trent Dilfer, but won a Super Bowl with the, well, I don't know. I was going to say the worst quote-unquote quarterback, but, I mean, Foles, of course, he played amazing. How uh, did- Foles falls into a category of only, um, I think, two or three quarterbacks where he's thrown a perfect game in the Super Bowl, had a game with seven or more touchdowns, and was Super Bowl MVP. Like, I think that's only – Peyton Manning, Joe Namath, and somebody else. Foles is, if you look at the stats, his conference championship Super Bowl run is as good as, it's right up there with anybody's. Anybody's. Well, and he also had a pretty good career before Jeff Fisher got a hold of him, before too, didn't that, he? Before that, that virus grabbed yeah. a hold of him. So, so yeah, I think, I think the question is really like, who did Jeff Fisher coach that we don't think of as any good anymore? It was Case Keenum until he made it to the NFC Championship. Or Jared Goff, who or Jared Goff. So if you, especially if you play quarterback under Jeff Fisher, don't take your failure as anything on you. To try and and attempt to circle back to what we were getting on with Belichick. So Josh McDaniels was yes. The the Colts announced him on Tuesday morning of last week. The Colts announced. We are excited to announce that Josh McDaniels has agreed to terms to be our next head coach. The press conference will be at this time. It'll be streamed live at Colts.com slash whatever, you know. And McDaniels backs out. One, is that not McDaniels making, like, career suicide? Uh, yeah, that's what his agent unless, said. Unless, he's, unless Belichick's retiring soon. Unless his future at New England is assured. But... Interestingly, reports have come out since that Belichick will definitely be coaching next year, 100%. And many close to him believe that he'll be coaching for the next at least three to four years and that McDaniels deciding to stay had nothing to do with him as the successor, but just that he had stability as at least the OC. I read that and that, you know, he's got kids, four kids. The youngest one is three or four. Five. Yeah, and he has a couple of middle school. So what I read was they supposed that 
Kraft and Belichick got him in a room and said, we will long-term commit to you. Your kids can graduate from high school here, which is unusual in a coaching profession, and, and, and gave him some raise that wasn't insignificant, not as much as a head coach would make. But also Belichick said that he was going to now take him under his wing and really show him the ropes as far as, to me, that, that read not only coaching-wise, because I think McDaniels is smart when it mm-hmm. comes to coaching. Yeah. But, like, salary cap-wise, how we draft, how we cut, How to talk everything. to Jay Cutler and Brendan Marshall. And Belichick's never done that. Belichick's never really fully taken anyone under his wing because he doesn't want any of his assistants to end up beating him, I think. So I think the writing's on the wall that Belichick is going to retire. Like he knows, okay, retirement's coming, but I don't think it's soon. That's inevitable at some point. And Josh McDaniels has the opportunity to sit there and learn from, I mean, the Zen master of coaching. I mean, that's worth some um, a dollar value. Just, I mean, it's or some value. What was really interesting to me is when Schefter tweeted, I don't know if you saw this, but from another, he's like from an NFL exec, anonymous, but he said, this is just Kraft taking any chance he can to to give it to the pay, the Colts because the Colts are the ones that kind of blew the whistle on Deflategate yep. when it to me that was yep. BS. But it's, it's in, I, maybe Kraft you can't was just blame like the Colts for that. No, well they they were they lost like forty two to ten or whatever it was. So. Yeah, but you can't blame them for saying I think they might be cheating. And there's many of other people. There's many people that have accused them of cheating. It's not just the Colts, but like next year. If you're a team looking like the Cowboys do bad and they fire Jason Garrett, Josh McDaniels is interesting because him paired with a young quarterback, that's what you want. Just like Kyle Shanahan Garoppolo, which we'll get into later. Wow. You want a you want, I think, McVeigh Goff. You want those young coach offensive minded with the young quarterback. But I don't know. I wouldn't go for McDaniels. What's even worse with McDaniels, the assistant uh the defensive coordinator got hired and signed a contract with the Colts. Like, he's going to be the Colts' D.C. now, regardless of who the head coach is. And Mc- mm-hmm. and it was because it was kind of McDaniel's thing. Like, McDaniel's going to be the head coach. You'll be the D.C. So did McDaniel's pick those yeah. guys? He hand-picked Yeah, that's those a McDaniel's guys. guy. And he screwed them yeah. by not going. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a bad As far move. as just as the coaching brotherhood, like, that is a big black guy that will never leave. I mean, I would almost have I would have a lack of respect for somebody that even if they're leaving me that said they had accepted a job and re and reconsidered, I'd be that's a I, I would have a problem with that. Either way. So Jerry Richardson is selling the Panthers after allegations of some sexual misconduct. We're not gonna get too deep into that, but there are some some financial experts that are predicting that the Panthers go for two billion, roughly, maybe three billion, which would be if they go for three billion plus, that would be a record of any sports team. So I'm just interested in y'all's perspective on would you be like obviously we don't have the money for that. I'm close. But well, speak for yourself. Would you be willing to buy into a team for that? And the NFL of all teams. Of all sports. Um, I mean, I feel like that's going to make your money back probably. How much does – well, I don't know. I don't know what the cut the owners get. I mean, presumably all they, the profit. 32 teams, they all oh, split right. it evenly. So then it really almost doesn't matter which team you get except for you get your uh, your concessions, right? I think everybody gets their concessions. Yeah. And you're buying a team with 
Cam Newton. Right. I mean, but that doesn't necessarily matter for your money. The Browns make the same bit of the revenue as I guess. I think you get like a Super Bowl bonus for appearing or something like that, but it's kind of inconsequential compared to what you make. What don't the the Cowboys make something extra for their marketing? Do they get anything from their jersey sales or is that evenly split among the league? Jersey sales split by like their stadium sales and stuff like that. I think it's concessions. I think the tickets are split, the TV contracts are split, the jerseys are split, NFL shop stuff is split, but like your concessions and, you know, I guess your parking you could charge for. Um, Which they do. The things that the city would give you money for, um, stuff like that, I think you make. And then also someone like Jerry Jones makes a lot of money in Dallas because he's made that place economically more valuable by his presence. Well, because Arkansas and A&M played there for years. He's mm-hmm. had some huge fights in the stadium, yeah. which I guess he owns. I, you know, I don't know how that works. If the city of Dallas or Arlington or Irving helped him build it. Well, usually you know, what happens in that case is the city will uh, help pay for it, but the owner still retains ownership. To give you guys a little bit of context, the last NFL team to be sold was the Bills, the Buffalo Bills in 2014, and they got sold for $1.4 billion. So In what year? 2014, so not that long ago. But that was, yeah. interestingly, that was a good buy because 2015 was when the NFL hit that peak where they, they were dominant over every other form of television. Even now, yeah. so the ratings have dropped. That's clear, whether it be to protesting, like the players kneeling or fans not watching because of players kneeling, whatever it is, or CT, the ratings have dropped. But Fox just bought the Thursday night football package, and they only get, I think they get 11 weeks. They get weeks 5 through 14, and they get it solely okay. to Fox. And they just bought it for five years, $3 billion, $666 million a year. So... That's a lot of money. I mean, there's there's still a lot of money yeah. getting paid for their rights. Yeah, and that's just for Thursday night football, which mm. I think we can all agree, and fans will all say that it's not good football. It's bad quality. Always, yeah. I mean, not always, but almost. What's interesting, just to to touch on some of that TV stuff, because I know Dad hit on this in our first episode, but the. Week 17, the Broncos played the Colts in a meaningless game. I mean, the Broncos aren't making the playoffs. The Colts aren't making the playoffs on Thursday night. And the rating was a 7.4, which was down from 10.1 to week 17 the year before. So, obviously, it took a big drop. But if you look at that dominated any other television show on Thursday night. The next top was Big Bang Theory in their season finale. Got a 2.6. Wow. The Young Sheldon, which is a new show on CBS, got a 2.0. So, I mean, NFL is dominating still. What was, the, what was the NFL? What was the number? 7.4. Wow. Wow. So, it's the worst football that you can watch, but it's still dominating anything else that's on TV on Thursday nights. Well, so, y'all, tell me this. You just said $3 billion Fox paid for 11 games on Thursday night? Mm-hmm. For how many years? Five years. Well, I mean, I just calculated that out, and if unless I've got a zero wrong, which is obviously possible when you get into the bill, you know, three billion. But I think that works out to ninety-three million per team, yeah. right? Does that sound? I mean, ninety-three million over five years, but that's a lot of. That money. is a lot of money. Lot, but lot, interestingly, lot. so this previous year there was in years previous 
CBS and NBC kind of shared a contract for Thursday night because I don't know if you noticed, but it switched over from who had the games. It was Al Michaels and Chris Collins were some games. It was Jim Nance and Tony Romo some games. Mm-hmm. And CBS and NBC shared it, and they each paid $450 million a year. Fox is paying $210 million more per year to have it solely. Interesting. And they're going to 11 games. So the other games will be on NFL network, right? And also, yeah, I don't know how they're, I'm sure it'll be. That's what I'm interested to see what they do with those other games, but even more so. So the NFL is also shopping what they can do digitally, like between Amazon and Twitter. I can't wait how they can sell those rights. And so if you're, but so I'm thinking of this as an owner, money is still flowing in. It seems like it, it still seems like a good buy, which is why I guess they'll go for, Two billion plus. Yeah, the, the question is how long does it take to make your two billion back? And I think the answer is not an absurd amount of time. It's probably something like ten years, right? And then you're making profit. The league might be dying at that point, but it's still making you straight profit at that point. Well, and that's why I want to say for the life talk about the league, I don't know where it's going with the head trauma, and I do think that there is some aspect of what didn't Justin Timberlake say that there was his no son would never play, play football. His, his son would ever play football. And at his, at his interview before the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl performance, which I thought he says his son won't peculiar. play football. Yeah, but what I'm if I was going to buy a sports franchise team, I would be NBA because I just think NBA. There's not that danger. I mean, yeah, you can have a terrible injury like uh, the guy Boston had. Uh, what's his name? Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. But it's it's just not the same as football. And and you have these athletes with their faces out that, you know, they can get known. It's an international it's game. It's a, I think NBA would be the franchise I would want to own. The, yeah. I, I just know, so the, the Nielsen rating for the Bronco, that Broncos-Colt game, like I said, was 7.4 for a Thursday night game of two irrelevant teams for at that point in the season. The NBA Finals last year for the Cavs and Golden State Warriors averaged an 11. So not crazy higher. And that, that's and we're comparing the best of the best to yeah. really the worst. The yeah, game. I mean, the World Series average for in 2014 was 6.3, 2015, 7.8. Last year, it went crazy. Or the, last, the year before last when the Cubs were in Game 7, and that crazy finale, that went nuts. And that was a 9.3 average over seven games. And 2000, last year was 8.7 over seven. So baseball's rising. Well, the NFL better figure – the idea is with the NFL better figure out something over the offseason because they are – yeah, they're still the key, but they're losing. Well, they're what slipping. intrigues me with what you said about the NBA is the NBA has that – the NFL's trying. They play the games in France and all that, but the NBA is a global game. One that they benefit from is their stars are just from all over the place. You have Giannis, you have Dirk, who's obviously fading, but then you have – this year, the top pick in the draft might be Luka Doncic, which I don't even know if y'all have heard of, but they they and they had Yao at one point. They're just they're so much more global, and they can broadcast. Their players are more yeah they're recognizable. And yeah. then what the NBA has found, I don't they're relevant all year long. As soon as the finals end, you're like, what's going to yeah. happen? Free agency is Durant going to go to the Warriors? Is LeBron going to leave the Cavs? And then before you know it, the season started back up, and then it's trade deadline, and what are the Cavs going to – they're so good about being, if not the top story in sports, like top two sport, story in sports throughout the year. I think one of the really cool things the NBA has also got going for it is how accessible it is to anybody, um, but then also how deep you can go into it. So if I, who 
I don't watch a lot of basketball. I don't know necessarily a lot of strategy, but I can just sit down and watch a game and just enjoy, you know, the beauty of the game and the tension of the the score. And um, on just like a very low level, I can enjoy it. But then as you get deeper and deeper into it, you can enjoy like the Bill Simmons level of let's calculate every contract on every team and figure out who's going to move who and try to guess every trade that could possibly happen. Um, and so I think that's one of the things it's got going for it is no matter how deeply you want to look into it, you can find a level that fits your interest. Whereas I think football, you've got to, it's not as accessible to just the standard person. Right. Um, that doesn't I give agree. any rat's ass about sports. Well, I can say the hardcore, I, my buddies and I are thought, you know, the draft, the NFL draft is in Dallas this year. Mm-hmm. And there's some real talk that we're really? going to try to go to the NFL draft. So there's still been, a fun. lot of excitement. Yeah, you have, LJ. It was in Chicago, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, I mean, they're, the NFL's still the king of the hill. And yeah. will be and can be for a long time if they can figure some things out. But mm-hmm. th- there are some issues that are not going to be easy to figure out. Well, they've got to figure it out soon, I think. Yes, sooner rather than so, later, no doubt. I guess what I'm wondering from y'all is what – Sport, if if you could buy into any sport right now, you can get a team in any sport. Uh, American sports. I'm not going to go because I'm the soccer. Soccer is probably the right answer, but it's soccer. I thought about probably. that when we talked earlier. Soccer might be the answer. Just as far as uh, the percent increase in franchise values over the last year, according to Forbes and the American sports, the NFL was up eight percent, NHL was up fifteen percent, MLB was up nineteen percent. And NBA was up 22%. Wow. So NFL is the worst. By far. Out of just what they're increasing. But that's also, they were the top, so they didn't have as much right. room to get more. Right. Hard to lose a lot of weight when you weigh 130 pounds. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, LJ, if you're buying a team, you have crazy amount of money. You're buying a team. What sport would you go for? I probably lean NBA because I feel like that is where you're almost guaranteed to get the most bang for your buck. But I also feel like there is some fun riskiness to buying into the NHL because it's a much smaller league as far as uh, what is actually invested into it. And so your return could be astronomical if you can figure out a way to market that sport. Um, But I I lean NBA probably for me. Dad? Well, obviously I lean NBA. I kind of alluded to that earlier. Um, I do think, LJ's argument that the NHL for bang for the buck, maybe the value you could buy in plus the return you could get is is definitely would garner some interest. Your major league baseball numbers really intrigued me. Yeah. Um I didn't realize it was that good. And I will tell you, last World Series, the last two World Series, I've been all over. That's right what's now. really helping baseball. That that Cubs Indian series, one was so good, plus it was the Cubs. Yeah. And then yeah. last year, having the Dodgers and the Astros, you have L.A. and Houston, yeah. two huge markets, good teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in Houston, having gone through all that just recently. Right. Um, they, they've had some really good stories, like really good storylines lately. It's happened good for baseball. So I think, had a good I run. think that number's a tad bit skewed just because they've had the perfect run. But they are growing. I just... But you get into the World Series and the playoffs where every single pitch counts. I mean, there's 162 regular season games. That's just too many for me. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs where every pitch counts and the strategy that is involved and where they place the outfield. And, there, and you could probably buy an MLB team to for me. cheaper, too, than an NFL cheaper. team. Yeah. And yeah. they do also have that global aspect going. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. 
And then the other thing that I think uh, is interesting from someone who's competitive is the way baseball set up. You're most likely to have the best team win as opposed to in the NFL. You're relatively likely to have a fluky victory in the playoffs that that'll happen pretty often. But it's hard to have a fluky series of seven after 110 games or whatever decided who got there. True that. But but that fluky potential is what makes, makes the NCAA tournament, which is coming up, the best thing, best sporting event on earth, in my opinion. March yeah. Madness is the best because anybody can win any given game. As a as a fan, though, if you're owning a team and you're the best, you want to win. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you're right. You know, I still think. Before I really started looking into things, I think I was leaning NBA, much like where it seems like y'all are kind of leaning. But mm-hmm. the ratings, so the ratings dropped for the NFL this year. And it was, if you're looking, this is the worst year to look at it with the whole kneeling and Trump basically attacking the NFL and telling people to protest. And and they are they got to worse, but they're still clearly the king of all sports revenue. And yeah, you can buy into that now. And their rights, so they set it up to where now the NFL's rights all go up in five years between Thursday night, Monday night, and the Sunday games. So it's probably going to be another huge deal, whether it be Amazon, Twitter, or NBC, or whatever it is. Whatever ends up happening with TV. The NFL is going to make their money off. I think the only problem the NFL has is with CTE and people not wanting to have their kids grow into it. But I think that's a 20 year problem, not a five or 10 year problem. I think it might be. I think it's a 10 year problem personally. Really? Yeah. Cause I think if, if you look at the kids who are playing high school football right now or opting not to, those are going to be the rookie of the year in 10 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those are the people you're missing out on are the people that decided to play basketball instead yeah. right yeah. now. Because Timberlake, well, how does Justin Timberlake, what, how do, are his kids? Does he have he kids? Has, he has a son. That's why they got to ask the question. I don't, I don't how know. How old is his son? Sure. Any uh, idea? But, but I think you're right. That age group, and, and I know we may have touched on this, when you guys were younger, I wanted y'all to play football because I love football. But then when you decided not to, I was okay with it completely. And I think that's even more so. His kids, too. His two, yeah. Yeah. Well, so he's a rookie in 19 years. But I I think there's a lot of parents that right now are saying, I don't want my high school or middle schooler playing football. And it's hard to argue against it because even high schoolers are seeing uh, pretty serious CTE. I mean, you look at someone like Aaron Hernandez, who uh, had the CTE, had the brain of what, an 80-year-old after only playing – High school, college, and a few years in the pros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got a lot of that from his years before he was a professional, before he was getting paid to do it. I mean, they got to figure out something quick, or it's going to it's going to hurt the uh, future of the NFL. What'll answer the question to me on which team to buy is to see what the Panthers go for. If they go for three billion, so the Clippers just sold to Steve Ballmer for two billion. If yeah. you can get the the Panthers for two billion, the same amount. It's it's yeah. arguable to go NFL, I think. But if the NFL, if you got to pay an extra billion dollars, if you got to pay three billion to mm-hmm. go with the Panthers, then I would go NBA because I think growth wise, in the next let's just say thirty years, NBA is going to be far and above NFL. So 
I wanted to touch on, I know you've done a little bit of research on this before, LJ, and we saw some of our Twitter followers talking about it. Yep. And some cloning stuff. Mammoths getting cloned. I've read about some some Asian elephants being cloned. I, I'm going to throw it over to you, LJ, and just... Get us started. All right. So the the cloning part of it is only a small part of it. I think the most interesting part about like the woolly mammoth thing that you're talking about is right. uh, is the gene editing. So like right. you know like your DNA tells your cells how to grow, right? So if you could change that DNA even slightly, then your cells could start saying grow red hair or grow um, whatever cells you replace grow blue eyes or something like that, and you can change your uh, physical or even non-physical characteristics through changing your DNA. Well, we found a virus that is able to chop at very specific parts in DNA and we can program what those parts are. And then we have a way to replace what we chop out. And that's that process is called CRISPR. And so what it means for us is we can teach a way to cut out exactly the DNA that we want to of anything and replace it with anything else we want to. So we can do things like one of the things that they're talking about is um, things like, do we, uh, we could make a woolly mammoth by, we know what the woolly mammoth's DNA looks like, and we know that it's close to an elephant's DNA. So we can cut the elephant's DNA and replace it with pieces of what would be woolly mammoth DNA. And over time it will turn into a woolly mammoth literally. Well, so if a woolly mammoth's extinct, it'll never. That this is some research I've done. Is it's never not extinct. We can't ever make a woolly mammoth. We can make something extremely close. Well, we can make something exactly like it. You can't get the exact DNA from we, what a woolly mammoth yes, was. We have it. We have it in hairs that we found in amber, and so we know exactly what their genome is. And you can just replace an elephant's DNA with the pertinent parts. And now you've got a woolly mammoth. Well, now what I've read in, in some of this uh, Cas9 where they find the certain string, if 19 of 20 of the, you know, the genomes or whatever work out, it could replace the wrong string. It's not perfect. It's not perfect, but it's the most perfect we've had. And so right now they're doing tests in real quick. One of the things that they're doing with it is you can actually potentially cure genetic diseases with it. So you've got mice that have muscular dystrophy, which is a genetic disorder, which teaches your muscles or your body to, instead of growing muscles, grow a fatty like tissue. And so they went in and they replaced the uh, part of the DNA that told the muscles how to grow with a more functioning uh, guidebook, if you will. And then those mice started learning how to grow muscles and got stronger, were able to walk around better, like had less pain. Um, so we can actually cure things like muscular dystrophy. And so the, the reason I bring that up is that test, they were not successful in every mouse. They found that, uh, some of their, uh, CRISPR mice got so much better and some of them had little to no effect because the, the DNA didn't slice in, in the right spot or something like that. Um, and there's also a concern that if you change something you're, and you don't know what other parts of that creature uh, react to that uh, DNA change. Right. You could end up creating like one of the things they were talking about is if you create um, mosquitoes that uh, cannot catch malaria, 
that might make mosquitoes potentially more toxic to frogs or better at surviving. So you end up with either no more frogs or a swarm of mosquitoes that block out the sun. Um, it's hard to know exactly what's going to come from every little change on that small of a scale in creatures guidebooks. What I found interesting is I was listening to something that said one of the proponents, I, I, there's ethical issues on whether we should or shouldn't do this. And some people's proponents mm -hmm. are what, so snow insulates dirt and it makes it to where like if the temperatures rise and fall, that's one thing. But when there's snow on top, it's slower to rise and fall. It's, it's just a big insulator. And okay. so the bare earth, yeah. it lets out this permafrost, which releases carbon into the environment, which is part of the issue we're seeing. If you have if, global warming, right? right. And if, so if we can make one thing that making more mammoths would do, if we put mammoths into these snowy environments like they used to be, they're now trafficking the snow. They're taking their, I don't know if they eat the snow, but there's snow and they're trafficking it. And the less snow comes out, that means that we get back to what the earth was doing at the beginning and it slows the release of carbon into the atmosphere, thus making our atmosphere more healthy. So that's one reason why making mammoths, yeah. more mammoths or any mammoths, I guess, because we're out of Wait, You're saying if we make more woolly mammoths, we're going to have more <laughs> snow. Is that what you're saying? Less snow. Because they're going to eat the snow? Or stomp it and move it around. Expose more it's dirt. the dirt is what we're... So if we make more woolly mammoths, we're going to have more global warming. Is that what less, you're saying? Less, less. I'm saying less global warming. Because right now, what they'll do is they'll make it to where we get back to what the Earth was doing in its original point when it was the best. It's obviously gone worse and worse and worse. Make we're going to get back again. to where... Yeah, we're going to make Earth great again. <laughs> And stop releasing that carbon. Well, now, who's to say when, I mean, maybe if we could stop everything right now, Earth is at its best right at this moment. I mean, who's to say when it was at its best and at its worst? Well, Earth was at its healthiest for uh, life on it before. Right now, before, before we took over the whole world as humans. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, but anyway. Well, no, the Earth doesn't care about your opinion. It's <laughs> <laughs> another another thing going on that same argument is Indians that were living or in, habitating in California over on the west coast of North America, they before before these mammals became extinct, they were able to use that for warmth, like that fur and different stuff. And once mammoths became extinct, they had to use something else. So they started using trees, wood, fire. And they started killing all the trees. They started using all that wood. And so we got less trees. Now California is where it's at. It's just, it's so fascinating to me to see the progression we've got. I don't know if make if we clone mammoths and bring more mammoths into our habitat. That does seem like, that seems like a, a fun side project, but that's not really the most useful application right now for this. Okay. Uh, the most right. useful application would be fighting disease or... Um, you know, like it or not, it's definitely going to be applicable to design embryos to whatever baby you want to have. So, like, if you want to have a taller baby, change the DNA while they're still an embryo to be a taller person. You can find the DNA of Usain Bolt and make your kid as fast as Usain Bolt, potentially, if you can if you can figure out what DNA makes that happen. Well, so the, the question really is that if we can fix certain 
sequences of DNA and eliminate the sequence that's more apt to catch cancer or have muscular dystrophy or, or Alzheimer's, uh, Alzheimer's, whatever, that should be done. But it would be so easy while you're in there to say, uh, I want my kid to have more muscle endurance yeah. or blonde hair or blue eyes. And that's that's freaky to me. Yeah. And that's where you're playing God too much. But boy, if we could eliminate the, the gene sequence that makes you more apt to Alzheimer's disease, yeah, it seems like we ought to do that with no question. But I want Kevin and LJ to have blue eyes and blonde hair. I wish you would have picked the. I wish you would have picked the taller embryos. <laughs> the taller. <laughs> well, uh, well, I might would have done that, but you know, I didn't have that option. So, well, and and what happens then if uh, so? If it costs, this is the cheapest gene editing ever, but also you'll need to have a specialized doctor or scientist that understands this process very well. And they aren't going to be cheap. Um, so like, let's say that you can make your kid more athletic or not have Alzheimer's or something like that. And it's only going to cost you say $2,000. If you've got that, how could you possibly turn it down? But then you're also creating a gap in poor people are now the only people that get Alzheimer's and how, how ethical is that? Right? Yeah. Well, I want to read something I found. So, okay, I, I still think this this leads me into a conversation about Hitler, who tried gene therapy to some degree, okay? And he was a, a student of Friedrich Nietzsche, right, who was an atheist and who believed that evolution would eventually produce a Superman whose distance from ordinary man is greater than the distance between man and ape, and that this Superman would eventually be a demigod and rule over ordinary men. But that's what Hitler was trying to do. I'm just, so you're opening the Pandora's box. I'm not saying everybody is as evil as Hitler was. Sure. You know, Hitler obviously had a skewed view of of world things, but trying to make a better race of people in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's just if that evil superhuman aspect comes to play where we're going to rule the world with this superhuman race. The other thing in that is that uh, since it is relatively cheap for somebody with the knowledge to do, you could do it to somebody even without them fully being aware. Like if you've got somebody under for surgery or something like that, you could just, you know, I'll, I'll front the $70 to create this person as, you know, some evil mind might want to just play with somebody's genes experimentally. Um, so there's there's implications that, you know, even if you are even if most of society is doing very good things with it and doing very useful things and keeping it very ethical, you still potentially could have people with enough know how and seventy five dollars that can change an That's entire lineage. This is really cool. And I think it could be great for people. But as as you hear in the movies, you know, the. If the power gets into the wrong hand. And it variably can because it's the only barrier to entry is being really intelligent and, and making your way into a lab that works on these things. And uh, <laughs> evil people can be yeah. pretty smart, too. So well, I wondered, you know, there I, I saw there were two different kinds and there's this they've identified this ACE gene and that if you have two long strands of ACE genes, you'll have more muscle efficiency and stamina than if you had one long and one short, and that one has more than if you had two short ACE gene string. Mm-hmm. Well, if I went into surgery, could I conceivably go, hey, give me my two short ACE strings. Mm-hmm. I want you to make them longer. I mean, that would be something. If I could do that for a couple of thousand dollars, 
I would be very tempted to do that, but that's not going to hurt my progeny. Right. You know, I'm not having any more right. kids. So it's not, I'm not, it wouldn't be in my reproductive organs. It would just simply be for me and this earth at this time. Right. I don't know. That's, that would be very interesting for me to think of the possibility. That would create a huge problem with, uh, there'd be asterisks all over the Hall of Fame in baseball yeah. because now, no sports would change no, completely. Yeah. No now we're not going performance enhanced drugs. We're going medically enhanced procedures. Yeah. Gene. We're going genome yeah. enhanced. Like you uh, didn't grow up tall enough is not a valid excuse not to make it to the NBA anymore because you can just change that. You can't so have not grown up only do the rich stay rich, but the rich stay rich and more athletic and better looking and taller. And don't get diseases that kill the poor people and like live AIDS, longer, yeah. cancer, uh, hemophilia. So you have a society of the rich yeah. that at the end. There's the elites and then there's everyone else. Well, the yeah. poor would eventually die. Since they since they live for, you know, maybe a hundred years longer than the poor now because diseases just cannot keep up with them. Um, they make enough money and that they can continue to keep the market going in their favor and nobody ever can break that. You know, if you're not at. Are we defining the TB12 method? Is this what Tom Brady's been I don't doing? Think he's doing G sequencing, is he? I don't know. He's eating avocado ice cream. Uh, no wonder Belichick, no wonder Belichick kicked that trainer out. Also, I guess that's the other thing is it is possible to play with right now. The chances of success are lower than we would hope that they'd be, but still not too low. Um, it is possible that some athletes are even playing with this currently. And how would you even check for somebody changing their DNA? Because their DNA is their yeah. DNA, right? Yeah, you can't test that. Um, it's not like you can test uh, uh, somebody for testosterone or something like that. You can only test, is their entire genome exactly what it was when they started playing in the NBA and there's no way to keep up with that. I don't know. My gut tells me it's a bad idea, but it certainly has some intrigue. Um, well, but it's got so many benefits. I mean, how can you, if you can end Alzheimer's cancer AIDS, it's hard. It's hard to argue that. I mean, how can you not pursue that? Well, now it's illegal in the UK. I saw, and they have a, apparently a, 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 a board that decides on ethical questions related to it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, is that just in the UK, LJ? Can we use it in the United States? Is this is this Cas9 uh, available in the United States? Yeah, we can use it for research purposes in the United States currently. Um, I know that uh, in China, they have actually successfully uh, CRISPRed embryos of humans that were never going to come to term, but like they have proven that it is a viable thing that you can do with some error, but you can do in humans. Um, and so they're testing it on humans, yeah, human cells, which is, yeah, which is, um, you know, we, we, that's the other thing is how can, if, if England makes it illegal, that maybe only sets them behind, right? Um, their researchers know less than every other country in the world about this technology is that's going to make, you know, a new class of, is this like people. stem cell research? Is it, is it anywhere in that same sphere? Cause because that control that uh, can cure diseases, right? But there were other aspects that were dangerous. Well, yeah, it's it's a little bit different because stem cells are uh, essentially cells that haven't been told what to be yet. They're just waiting on the DNA to say, okay, so you go get to be hair, or you go get to okay. be part of a heart, or whatever. Um, and so the thing that we were trying to do with that was we would try to uh, put that on someone who's got, like, say, a lung disease, 
we could put stem cells into their lungs and it might grow into the pieces that you need to repair them because your DNA now doesn't have that anymore. So it'd be a foreign body. But the the controversy, the biggest controversy with that is you get stem cells from aborted fetuses, basically. Right? Well, yeah. yeah, you can either get them from I mean, essentially what what you get them from is not going to survive and it is human cells. So, you know, the implication of where does life start is something that, you know, especially as a country, we haven't decided on um, cohesively yet. And so to take those cells is is uh, very controversial. But uh, but it is a little bit different in that that's not controversial because it could change the world in ways that we can't even imagine yet. Um, But it could affect something that we don't know if ethically it's okay to affect. It's it's a little bit different, but a similar okay place. Well, I'm glad you explained that. I didn't really right. understand stem cells. So it's a it's 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 a cell that doesn't know what it wants to be, and you can make it be anything you want. Be lungs. That is be- my understanding. Is it's waiting for instructions still, and so that's what makes up the majority of a, z- a zygote. I believe it's called. And I should clarify before our listeners <laughs> like start writing this down. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. Uh, I'm. This is the best of my understanding, and I think the other two guys. I'm an avid Googler. He said Holiday Inn Express last night, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but yeah, uh, a a zygote is made up of stem cells, and as as it uh, multiplies and divides, then uh, then it becomes more and more stem cells that then start getting jobs after some amount of time. Where let me think of a great Third Eye Blind song. I'm just saying. You know the song Darwin by Third Eye Blind? Oh, yeah. Darwin mm-hmm. is amazing. It's a great song. Check it out, um, listeners, if you haven't yet. <laughs> um, and then another interesting thing that they figured out is uh, you can, through CRISPR, to get back to that, you can actually teach. Uh, Tell me what so, CRISPR is real quick. Tell the listeners Does that what. acronym mean something, LJ? Is it? Yeah, let me, let me look it up real quick. It'll take me two it's seconds. It's an acronym, Kev, for this pr- procedure. But I don't know what it stands for. So CRISPR stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. And that name makes a lot of sense if you know exactly what's going on. Um, but that that is like a, a pretty hardy science lesson about how DNA works and how bacteria saves virus DNA. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of resources out there if anyone wants to learn more. I find it highly interesting, but it is really technical and specific. Um, well, so you touched on that, LJ. I was re- so we learned this from bacteria that actually do this naturally. They cut out a part of their DNA and splice something else in to keep parasitic bacteria from coming in and taking refuge in their DNA. Right. So we learned this procedure from a natural procedure. Right. It was actually something we discovered back in the eighties that it was happening. Okay. Um, some Japanese scientists discovered it, but it wasn't up until I think like maybe 10 years ago that scientists started thinking about uh, the applications that we are dealing with now. Um, at that time they were just saying, this is some really neat stuff, but it took until like we had these really cool uh, gene databases that everything can be searchable. So anybody with an internet connection can learn about bacteria DNA that we started thinking about what can we do with this? And mm. that's where we got these scissors that can cut up your DNA and fix them. Amazing. So, Amazing stuff. Yeah. You, so you, you want to change your mosquitoes to not have malaria, right? Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you change a mosquito's DNA and then it goes out into the wild and it mates with a mosquito that has not had this CRISPR procedure done to it. And then their child has a 50% chance of getting the gene that you put into it, right? 
And then its child will have a 25% chance of getting the gene that you put into it. So over time, your genes start to disappear. So can we actually do anything long term to keep mosquitoes from having malaria? Well, someone came up with an idea of CRISPRing something twice, essentially, one to give it the gene you want and one to give it a gene that teaches it how to make that CRISPR uh, uh, process happen in its progeny. So then you can go into the baby as it's being born and snip out that part of the DNA and make it 100% likely that it comes out with both of those genes that you put into it. So then you can go into changing the entirety of mosquitoes forever in however long it takes for the entire population to reproduce something like, um, well, it depends on how many you put out into the world, but maybe, you know, 30 cycles of reproduction, maybe you could change all of mosquitoes ever. And then that can apply to humans or frogs or whatever you want it to. Well, we're speeding up evolution, right? Evolution takes a thousand generations and now we can do it. Yeah, now. but we're putting evolution into our own hands. Yeah. We're also, yeah, deciding what evolution should be. And one of the reasons evolution has been successful is that it's had thousands of years to try and, and make errors and fix Trial and stuff and like error. that. Yeah, we're- Whereas we're saying, let's change everything in the next 40 years and see what happens. And we make some bad decisions sometimes. I'm just saying. So we've been known to do that. Known, as a, yeah. Every, every, every so often. <laughs> so often. I've not formed my opinion yet, but in my gut, I'm a little nervous about it. I'm scared. Yeah. Well, I feel the same way as I've, I've got this uh, concern, but also I feel like it's hard to stand in the way of something that is going to be unbelievably useful. So I wanted to get on a lighter subject and that is, yeah. Should people, be about anything. <laughs> people that don't know how to carry themselves in a grocery store. Here we go. We're, we're, how do you mean? We're getting on etiquette with Kevin here. And it's small things that that just really kind of grind my gears a little bit. And it's like if if you're okay, if you're gonna leave if you're going down the middle of an aisle and you're looking for something don't leave your buggy in the middle of the damn aisle. Agreed. Take it over to the left side. Take. I mean, it, I don't even care what. Agreed. It should be on the right side, and if you need to get something over from the left, you leave your buggy, you go get it, and you put it back. There's no reason to have your buggy in the middle. That. There's just. I've left my buggy at an end cap sometimes to go grab something down an aisle, but I do. You put it over on the edge. I mean, to, you try to make it. If the aisle is really packed, if you if you get over to it and you see there's a ton of people in there, just leave your buggy in the open area. Go get your salsa or whatever thing you need and bring it back to you. Yeah. But don't leave and never please leave your buggy just unattended in an aisle where you nowhere near it. That's just there's no point. I agree. If you can't see it, then you've done something wrong. Oh, every now and then I'll get the peanut butter and I'll think, oh, I got to reach around there and get some chocolate bars or something, you know, or. Uh, you've Chips. done something wrong. Well, but I come right back. I mean, I'm I'm aware, I'm cognizant of I need to get back to my buggy really quick. I think I'm okay with that. Where do y'all stand on returning? Like, So you decide, I don't want the peanut butter. Do you just stick the peanut butter on a shelf? Or do you go back and put it where it was? I've done it. I've done. I've just put it where it is. I think the, the biggest thing. I've done both. The most important thing is if it's something like raw meat and you don't put that back in the fridge. <laughs> area oh, then you are absolutely terrible you're, you're, a gum um, you're the scum yeah. you yeah. you spit your gum in the yeah. urinal that's it. um but if you're but if it's peanut butter i have much less of a problem with that although it's still not good practice I, that's my opinion it's directly related to how much of a hurry i'm in 
if I'm not in a hurry, I will put it back. And I would say more often than not, I'm going to put the item back where I got it from. But if I'm in a hurry, it's on the end cap with the flower, whatever. I don't know. While, while we're on, we're, we're kind of on carts and buggies. Well, I always call it a buggy. Some people call it a cart. But while we're on buggies, don't you can let your child control the buggy if you would like. But they can, they can be the engine per se, but you as, an, as the adult need to be the navigator at the end. <laughs> Don't leave your child just controlling the buggy by themselves. Dad, you used to always hold the end of it, and I know you got a couple of uh, Achilles just clipped. <laughs> yeah, I, in that. I did have a couple of Achilles injuries, yes. If it's your kid, that's fine, but don't your kid better not run in the back of my damn leg, or we're, I just will be upset with you as a human. No, yeah, I would always pull it around. I'd let you guys be the engine, but I would be on the front kind of directing yeah i think you so have to do that. what is the age that a kid can push a buggy without supervision well one they have to definitely be able to see clearly over like chin <laughs> over the buggy at least maybe they need a driver's license first they so need peter to- dinklage <laughs> couldn't drive a damn buggy right now is that what you're wow. saying that is what he's saying oh, man. that's exactly what he's saying i mean i think now you're being bigoted to, to short people <laughs> <laughs> you should. I don't think your your child doesn't need to have a driver's license. So, like sixteen, you can get a driver's license. About thirteen, you can get your your cart privileges, your solo cart privileges. I think it might be because you know it's always based on the kid, like what they're capable of. So, I think it might be something along the lines of like, would you let them use the stove while you're away from home? And if the answer is yes, then they can push the cart. But don't leave that okay. don't leave that kid who can't control the stove out blindly running their cart around, running into no, people and you things. clearly don't trust them, so also check out one, if if the thing says twenty items or less or ten items or less, don't go in there with eleven items or twenty one. Like if it don't be those are meant for speedy checkouts. Also, the self checkout, which is becoming bigger now, those are meant for quick Go arounds. Don't go to the self checkout when you have a buggy full of stuff. Just go wait your turn in line. There's just I hate it when I'm sitting there and I have my milk, I have some apples and a Snickers bar and the underwear that you had to buy. And, yeah, and you the un- left it off. and the underwear because I didn't have any here. I have all four <laughs> items in my hand and I didn't even use a buggy because I knew I could. Can you get underwear at the grocery store? Yeah, yeah. there. And you can get anything at Walmart. Yeah, we're in Walmart country here in That's Arkansas. True. You're right. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, but I hate right. when I'm sitting there and then I'll, I go to the self-checkout and the person in front of me has their month groceries in there. And they're checking them all out and it drives me crazy. And I don't want to get on to old people here, but if if you don't really know how to use the self-checkout, go ahead and go to the person. There is a human checking out. Like I was behind this <laughs> sweet old lady and she had three things, but it took her 10 minutes to get it figured out. She's asking the screen, do you take a check? And she was sitting there like she would check it and she would look and then she put it in her cart, but then it said, put it in the thing. Cause they weigh it. She put it in there, but then she put mm-hmm. something else in there and I was like, that's too much stuff. It just took so long. And I didn't know whether I should go. See, you've highlighted why, I, I just I've, I stopped using self-checkout because it is the Wild West of people that don't know what they're doing or shouldn't be there. Whereas the lines, the wild there wild are West. clear rules about like when right. you go, how long it should generally take based on which I, I will take a line any day over self-checkout, even, unless the self-checkout's empty and I've got two items. Me too. 
Because they know what they're doing at the checkout. They they can do it quickly, yeah. usually. Yeah. That's why you don't go to the self-checkout unless you know the rules, which we are so clearly laying out here for you. See, I, I say let it be the Wild West and <laughs> let me enjoy having checkout lines be actually smaller because the idiots are going to the self-checkout to, the self-checkout, to check yeah. out two plasma screen TVs and six months worth of groceries. The idiots and Kevin. That's who's, <laughs> yeah, going, that's who's going over there. Yeah. yeah, I might be, I might be just, you might not have to say, and Kevin, you might could just throw me in there. But <laughs> I could have stopped the idiots. Huh? Okay. <laughs> uh, also, if, if you're, you know how at times someone has a cart full of things and you have your underwear and your milk, that's all you have. That person <laughs> can let you go. And that's fine. If they offer it, that's great. Thank you. You're you're a great person. God bless you. You cannot ask someone, hey, can I jump in front of you because I only have two things? Yeah. Don't be that person. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but you could stand there and look sad with your underwear and your milk. You just kind of go. Now, bad radio, bad radio, but your sad look was terrible. <laughs> that was pretty sad. Well, it's a look like, you know, if you wanted to let me go in front, I would accept that offer. See, but I'm I not think, ask, I you, think uh, you can't ask. And also, I'm more likely to not let you if I see that face. I think like, yeah, okay, well, no, you don't get free things out of me just because you can pout. Yeah. Like, whatever. Wait I can do ass. that too. Wait yeah. your ass back. Yeah. Tell, uh, your turn. I got you. You had a better chance before you did that. <laughs> a question. I, this is me asking y'all and making sure I'm not in the wrong. Is it okay for me to have my headphones on at the grocery store? No. I think not either. It looks pretentious. Really? I I thought I might be breaking the rules a little bit. I don't care about looks. I think the the thing is, I mean, it's not like a high stakes place, but like uh, something could happen. You're not going to be aware, um, especially if you're the type of person that's wearing it while you're checking out. I think that's absolutely wrong. Um, I'll take my left ear out. I I think you take them out. Am I, am I being altogether. that person? Yeah. No. Am I being? Okay. Yeah. Because you're distracted. You're making everybody's day slower. I'm glad you're using the self-checkout. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and I just think walking around with your headphones in, you're you're more likely to not hear somebody coming around the corner and cause like an accident. I did air quotes, an accident of slow moving shopping carts. But uh, yeah, I just don't think it's it's but necessarily be an accident thing. as long as the parent is navigating that cart and not letting a kid blindly navigate it. They can't. Even well, see I don't know. It, they don't see. They're wearing their headphones. You're wearing your headphones. You both don't hear each other coming around the corner with your squeaky wheels. And <laughs> and then, boom, now you have to apologize. And you've like you've made my day worse because now I've have to interrupt my podcast to uh, <laughs> acknowledge that you exist where I'd rather just be at a grocery store where robots hand me things and then I leave. Yeah, I think you should not wear earphones at a grocery store. Maybe earbuds because you have some ambient you can hear. But I no, I don't. That's better. You should, it's better. But still, no, be be where you are. Be where you are. On on the cart issue we, we were discussing, I think you might have mentioned this on a previous podcast. I'm not sure. When you get done, take your cart out and you load your car up with your stuff. Return it every time to one of the places. If if you hate having to walk to it, then damn it, park Bye. beside yeah, one yeah. so you don't have to walk. But don't leave your cart sitting in a in the parking lot no. to where it can roll around or it makes them where they can't park somewhere. Just it's not that hard. It's a few extra steps. And if you really hate it, then leave your cart at the front door and grab your bags and walk with it. Yeah. But I just I just hate it when people leave their cart sitting there. I agree with that. There's insane. there's not much more annoying to me when I'm driving to a grocery store than to not be able to park in a decent parking spot because there's a Carts cart in the middle there. of it. Yeah. Now Honestly, I can I, get out if or, you can leave a cart, you know, in that like yellow area, I think you that's it's not a an official stall, a cart 
roundup place. I think that's better, but if Were you, but not are you talking about the are, what, like a, what yellow area are you talking well, about? The yellow strikes where you, you can't park. Triangular yellow so, area. So you're saying, you're, so you're saying it's okay to leave the cart where the handicap ramp is supposed to come out. No, no, not where people would. <laughs> that's be what you're saying. No, 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 I'm not. I'm saying so. If you park in a parking spot, you know they're usually at a 45 degree angle. Yes. And so the first one out from the store sometimes has a, a handicap spot. Area marked. It's not a <laughs> handicap spot. No. I'm and not. So, so you have room for your little ramp to come out of your minivan and you can roll <laughs> out. No, of- I'm not talking about in a handicap spot. I'm talking about in a, just a no parking zone. So just, you spot. can screw the disabled over, but don't screw us guys <laughs> that can walk. <laughs> so wrong. See, that is not what I mean. See, I'm in, I'm in the team that says just return the damn cart where they go. There's a reason they build those. It's not that far of a walk. Just go do it. I agree it's with just that. not that well, hard. Again, it directly is related to how much of a hurry I'm in. So there you go. Well, but plan- I'm not going to leave it in a parking spot. I won't leave it in a parking yeah. spot. Well, that's uh, that's definitely better. Than other, so you're not, not leaving sure. in the handicap. You're not the worst guy. <laughs> Ramp area. When, when I become, no. when when my I'm the next to the worst guy. <laughs> but but that's still not great because the wind could blow it into a car. Um, it could, but I always try to make sure it's stable. I turn the front wheel sideways or whatever. You know, you're going to put the, all that effort into it. Just take it to where the car yeah, goes. That you- <laughs> it's like spending 18 hours trying to figure out how to cheat on a test when you could spend six okay. studying and just pass. take it Next to the car thing and when- throw it in there. You don't even have to do it lightly. If any of our <laughs> listeners see a confused uh, middle aged man in the parking lot at Albertsons trying to figure out where the hell to leave his cart, that's me. Okay, that's me. Well, I guess maybe you're bringing up a good point in that if the grocery store has not taken care to put those cart return spots in enough places. That might be on them, and uh, so maybe they're like being. In, maybe you leave it right in front of their doors just to let them know how inconvenient they're making the world. I like but. the way you're thinking. Yes. What do y'all think about? I don't want to yes. be anti-family here, but there's no reason to take you, your wife, and your six kids to the grocery store. Y'all take up the whole aisle. You go like less than a half a mile per second. You know, you're just taking forever. I think one thing that you're not considering is that nobody wants to do that. <laughs> so it's not like they have a choice in the matter. Yeah, this is coming from the single guy with no kid. Yeah, okay. Right. You don't want to. You don't want to think. Okay, so I need to go grocery shopping. Let's bring the wife and and all six of the kids. Yeah, let's bring all <laughs> six of them. That's a terrible time for everybody. So they're they're not trying to break a rule um, and get away with something because it's just fun at the grocery store with the family. So so what Kevin's saying is that because you couldn't leave the oldest one in charge because he's such a knucklehead, bring him on to the grocery store uh, because he's not safe to leave at home by himself. Well, you wouldn't want him using the stove. <laughs> yeah. Or st- <laughs> so let him drive the shopping cart instead. <laughs> So the next time I see that I see that family, I should just look at the dad and both of us will make our eye contact and we're both equally disappointed just in the situation that do we're the in. the appropriate yeah. bathroom nod. Just do the bathroom <laughs> nod. Yeah. Walk on. Don't say I'm disappointed and you just kind of give that I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> I just wanted to I, I wanted to touch on some of these because there's just I don't wanna I don't want to negatively affect anyone else's experience at the grocery store and I would. I don't want anyone to negatively affect my experience. And there's just small things. Yeah, there's just small things that we could all refrain from, and it would make everyone's time better. There's no reason this planet can't be pleasant for all of us. Right. I mean, and and you know what? We'll we'll clone the people out that leave their 
<laughs> their shopping cart in the middle of the aisle. We'll get rid of you. The DNA that lets your brain take the DNA. Yeah. <laughs> Now let's get with the claustrum and corner. And dad, I, I know, I believe you have a, a claustrum for us. So I have a claustrum for you. So uh, be patient. It takes just a minute. Okay. The journey. All right. Think of someone who is your friend. Do not select your best friend, but make sure the person is someone you would classify as considerably more than an acquaintance. This friend is going to be attacked by a grizzly bear. Now, this person will survive the bear attack. That is guaranteed there is a 100% chance that your friend will live. However, the extent of his injuries is unknown. He might receive nothing but a few superficial scratches, but he also might lose a limb or multiple limbs. He might recover completely in 24 hours with nothing but a great story, or he might spend the rest of his life in a wheelchair. Somehow, you have the ability to stop this attack from happening. You can magically save your friend from the bear, but his or her salvation will come at a peculiar price. If you choose to stop the bear, it will always rain. For the rest of your life, wherever you go, it will be raining. Sometimes it will pour and sometimes it will drizzle, but it will never not be raining. But it won't rain over the totality of the earth, nor will the hydrogeological cycle be disrupted. These storm clouds will be isolated and they will focus entirely on your specific whereabouts. You will never see the sun again. Jeez. Do you, stop, do you stop the bear and accept a lifetime of rain? Wow. Oh, man. So that's that's a long one, but that's a question. That's a good, good question. One. A lot to unpack with that. <laughs> my first, I just want to tell you all my first thought that, that creeped into my head was I had my, I'm not going to mention the friend, but I had an image yeah. of a friend. And then I thought Leonardo DiCaprio and Revenant just ripping my friend apart. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> So, uh, so the friend will survive, undoubtedly. Definitely. But and, and a, his injuries could be such that he just has a great story to tell. Or he could think, lose limbs. Or he could lose limbs, multiple limbs, could be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. I think the question is, of people that survive bear attacks, what is the percentage of people that just have scratches and cool stories? I don't know the stats on that. Well, I don't have that offhand. <laughs> because I feel like the people that survive bear attacks are the ones that get away. So they're not the ones that are missing limbs usually probably. So I'd say you're probably more likely if you're going to survive it to not be uh, terribly injured. I think that's fair. If you're going to survive, you probably wouldn't be terribly injured <sighs> of those that have bear attacks. How many survive? Right. But we already know that we're in that small pie, a piece of the pie. It just seems so uh, it's super selfish to say that I'll let my friend be attacked and deal with whatever happens, but I want to see some sun at some point. I mean, sunshine is pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, though, like, before this, the rain thing came into play, I was thinking, well, this is kind of interesting because it's, like, do you want to give your friend an opportunity to have the story while they're risking? I mean, like, it's it's almost like skydiving, but you know something's probably going to go wrong. You know, like, you do end up with this, like, the friend that I had in mind would not want this story at all. <laughs> So I would have to say probably I would lean towards no, but I don't know. No rain or no sunshine. You would lean towards letting the bear attack or don't don't let. No, don't let him attack. Okay. I would lean towards that. But man, that is such a depressed. Like the sunshine is what is, you know, I open the windows every day so I can like get some energy into the house, you know? 
if I don't see sunshine for a while, I mean, it depresses me. If there's a week without yeah. sunshine, I'm, I'm seriously in a worse mood than I was. Yeah. So is my mood worth perhaps a lost <laughs> limb to, to not, I mean, my best buddy, but a buddy that's way more a than very a good buddy, a good friend. You know, we're talking about Kevin here. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not Kevin. I mean, I think I'd take the rain for one of you guys. Okay, I would. I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound extremely selfish here, but I'm leaning towards letting the friend see how well the friend can can fend for himself. <laughs> I mean, I I'm leaning that way too, Kevin. But I feel like a selfish hoe. I mean, yeah. Well, so I now wish at the beginning of the question when it said envision a friend, I wish I would have envisioned someone less like because then I'm like. Ah, I don't want to let him just be ripped up by a bear. But like y'all are saying, it could it'd be a cool ass story. He's gonna be on yeah. Oprah. I mean, I'm let yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm letting my friend James Franco's gonna play him in a movie. Yeah. I'm letting my friend get attacked and survive. And I'm also And they'll thank you for it. And they're gonna thank me later. I'm not gonna ask for any of the money they're gonna get. They're gonna thank yes. you later yes. when yes. you push him out cool into story. the story. Yes. James Franco's playing them. Yes. <laughs> And also, I'm going to go outside and tan later because I can because Immediately it's not after. raining 24-7. I don't know. You need to take your friend out. You need to take your friend out in the sun every now and then, too. Oh, well, if I have to, I'll will him out there. But either way. If you have to? God. No, I'm saying. I was saying. Have to will. Not only are you not going to save your friend from the bear attack, you're like, if it inconveniences me in the least, I'm not even going to push him out into the sun. No, I meant I'll will him if I need to will him if he loses limbs. I wouldn't say if I have to take him outside. I'll take him wherever he wants to go. I'll take him to. So if he's got a little bear scratch on his arm and that's it, you'd put a little, you know, sunscreen yeah. on it or something. Well, you know. so if I stop the attack, I could, take him to, I could take him to Florida, but it's going to rain on us while we're there. And so the beach will suck. But now I'm going to take him there. Hopefully with four limbs, we don't know, but at least the sun will be there when we get there. If you stop the attack, maybe they'll do something nice for you, right? Like they owe you one. Uh, all they have to know is that you saved them from a bear attack. But you've got to hang around you in rain all the time for the rest of their life, too. He might quit hanging around with you because it's well, always raining where you are. He'll make a business and be like, <laughs> you know, fair. I appreciate it, but I don't want to be in rain all hey. my life. Maybe you go to places of severe drought. You sell yourself oh, out to go to places smart. of severe drought where there's fire danger and stuff. Oh, we, go we go over to California. California. Uh, I think I'm doing I it. Might have, I think I'm doing it now. Saving them from the bear. We're saving the world. <laughs> and we're getting All rich. Right, let's think about, think about this, though. Let's, let's be in the friend's mind for just a second. Let's go walk in his shoes, saying he has some legs. Okay. Um, <laughs> What if he knows, like you hold that over his head for the rest of his life, his or her life, that you saved them from a bear attack? Now they're always yeah. indebted to you. Like I don't know, that would yeah. suck. And wear your yeah. raincoat whenever you come see me, because you're and it's not even like your it's not even like your best friend though. That's the thing. It's like your your friend. But so if we've got this idea where we're going to save California and be millionaires, right? <laughs> Then it's not like they're going to be like, oh, you sacrificed so much to save my life. Like you, you really won out in this. You either had nothing happen to you or you became obscenely wealthy and saved the planet. What are some fun things you can do in the rain? Read. 
The way he even the way he asked it, he didn't tell you. Literally, being in the rain outside. What are some things Uh, that you can do that are fun in the rain? I mean, it was fun when I was younger to like go out in the rain and run around, but it's not fun anymore. Like I try. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I think, yeah, I, I agree. When you're younger, I think there are a lot of things that are enhanced by rain. Like playing football in the rain was a lot more fun. But like playing every game of football you ever play in the rain, what then just suck. becomes like, yeah, that's that's not good. Snow, snow is precipitation. Would that compare? Playing in the snow is not that bad, you know. Well, but it gets old. I will say <laughs> every single so time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm um, I'm I'm letting my friend fend for himself. I'm hoping he's good, but. We're just going to see what happens. What are y'all doing? LJ? I'm taking dad's business idea, and I don't know if it's go to California. It might be something like make some like uh, hydroelectric uh, something or other. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna probably save him and then make a ton of money off of it. Okay. I spend most of my time inside anyway. Well, so. I'm also going to be a producer. I'm going to produce our movie about the biography of this guy who got attacked but survived. <laughs> and James, I'm going to get to meet James Franco. Hey. You get and to meet James I'm going to get to be on Oprah. Like all this is going to work out pretty That's well not too for me. Bad. I don't know about the friend. We'll see. Don't know about your but, buddy. But. Yeah. I didn't feel like this question would work out so positively for us in both directions. Yeah. <laughs> well, so see, what do you that, think, Dad? That might be our selfish part. We're just thinking about how it works out best for us. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Screw that guy. Oh uh, yeah, Dad. Paul's in your court. What are you going with? I don't know. I sure like the sunshine. I wish you could um, see him. He's really pontificating on this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How's this for good radio? Um, I, You know, I think I'm going to have to save my buddy and make a lot of money being the rainmaker. I think that's what I'm going to have to do. The issue. Right. I'm going to have a huge house. I'm going to build a huge house that protects me from the rain. And I might even put a snow. Sl- a yeah. Snow what if it starts being slope. like some Houston flooding? If it's raining every day. But no, it says sometimes it'll drizzle, sometimes it may downpour. So you might have to quickly go somewhere else. This is true. Your your time may be like, oh, we got to get you out of here, Lifford, because it's raining. Well, it's- you know what? You won't have to deal with neighbors because they're all going to move away. Yeah. I, yeah. You can't live in a big city like that. <laughs> You'll get kicked out immediately. But y'all are wanting to go to California and go to L.A. or something. Well, I guess they'll keep us for at least a yeah, while. No more beach. No more California beach. Well, you can go California to the beach. It just, it's just, it's going to be raining. Nobody will be there it's with you. It's just going to be raining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Bring your umbrella. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm saving the buddy. I'm taking the rain. I'm yeah, same with it. That's what I'm going to do. Well, I hope my buddy's tough. <laughs> <laughs> and that will be the show. I want to give a special thanks to all the listeners and make sure you go on there and subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple podcast, wherever it is, and make sure you subscribe and then unsubscribe and then resubscribe again. So we make sure to, <laughs> to get our listeners up. We appreciate everything. If you want to, if you have any comments or you want to tell us what we were wrong on or what we were right on, then you can find us on Facebook at just press play podcast or on Twitter at JPP podcast. And if you would like to email us, we are at just press play pod at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. We're open to suggestions and we're glad that you just press play.